It is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Ploop. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Weird not having baseball. It's a little weird, but, you know, full transparency here, people. We already recorded an episode this morning, so we're, like, in the thick of things. <laughs> we love baseball so much. We're like, dude, let's just double down and do another app tonight. Yes. That's All right. about that life, C-Rosie. That's right. That's right. It's airing on Friday. We taped it on Thursday night, but we are about transparency here. Our travel schedule's going to get a little uh, wacky here in the offseason. Once again, uh, this show is presented to you by SeatGeek. So if you haven't already, download the app on your phone. You can save 10% off your next order, whether you're a newbie or a returning customer, if you use the code word JOMBOYPOSTSEASON. So that means you can save it for... I guess a future baseball game if you already want to buy tickets for next spring or the NFL or college football or the NBA or NHL or concert codes. So go do it. Uh, I believe tickets are free to the Texas Rangers parade, the first ever to celebrate a World Series championship. They're going to have it around Arlington and around the two stadiums out there, which is kind of cool. Now, let's remember the last time we saw newly minted world champion Austin Hedges on the Chris Rose rotation. We had this exchange. If you guys win, assless chaps with a cowboy hat in the celebration. Done. I'll, be, I'll wear it during the parade. And if people ask you why, you're going to say? Because Rosie told me to. Hell yes. If that's not reason <laughs> enough to root for the Texas Rangers people, I don't know what is. So, of course, after they won the World Series on Wednesday night, I texted him, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. And then a picture of the chaps, which I'm will no longer refer to as assless chaps because so many people have told me all chaps are assless. If he actually says C Rose made me do this, I'm gonna bust up laughing. <laughs> what are the That's odds? What are the odds he shows up wearing something like that? I don't think they're the odds are good. I don't think so great either. Like there might be he might wear chaps, but no pants under the chaps, I think uh that might be frowned upon a little bit. It might be. Possibly. Might Maybe be. late yeah. night Hedges is going to be rocking. He might send you a picture. How about that? <laughs> That's very, very true. All right. So we're off and running. We've already had a few extensions because for, I believe, like five days after the season is over, you're able to extend your players now. And so we've seen a few teams do it. Uh, Joe Jimenez, the res- the reliever for the Atlanta Braves, gets a nice little package of three for $26 million. And then Max Muncie gets a two-year extension plus a team option that'll take him through 2026 if they exercise the option. But the meat of the deal is two years, $24 million. Either of those do anything for you? I think they're just both smart moves. Uh, Muncie had an option the Dodgers had to decide on, I think, for 14. So they added a year, and, and I think both are at 12 now. Just gives them an idea of the roster. The teams like to get ahead of some things, especially if they like the player. Uh, the Jimenez one's interesting to me. I think this is also good um, front officing, if you will, because they went out and got this guy uh, before the year, and they gave up a couple dudes that they liked or who you know were uh, highly rated prospects. Uh, so you get a year out of a guy. You'd rather, if you think he's good enough to give those prospects up, you'd want him on your roster. So early on in the offseason, make your pitch, say, we're going to give you three guaranteed years for a reliever, man. They're going to scoop that up most of the time. They want that guaranteed money. gives them a little bit of security. So it makes sense for both sides. He's like, all right, man, I've been kind of you know, in this middle relief role. You don't get these opportunities like this all the time. I got one in front of me. Great. 
And for the Braves, it gives them clarity in their bullpen. And it kind of eases the sting of giving up a few guys that you might like in the minor leagues if you know you're going to control the player for longer. So I think it's a, a smart move. I think the Jimenez move, uh, I think that moves the needle a little bit more for me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So he's going to get over $8 million a year, which is great. The the deal that I think started it for me in terms of middle relievers was the Darren O'Day one. Does that sound right? Where he got like four for 17 and everybody's like for a middle reliever. Well, little, little did we know that that's exactly where the game was heading. Yep. And so guys like that are of huge importance. And the Braves, because they've signed so many guys at a very young age, have financial flexibility to take care of guys that they really want to hang on to. For me, though, the Muncie one is interesting. It feels like the Dodgers, the bulk of their offense these days is coming from guys over the age of 30. And Muncie's 33. You know, he's been kind of up and down the last few years. Like his power numbers continue to be great, but he barely had an 800 OPS for a guy that hit 30 plus homers last year. That's because the last two seasons, his average has barely been above 200. And his defensive skills at third, his metrics aren't good over there. So I would like to see them get a little bit younger. I would like to see them get a little more athletic. And if Muncie continues to be out there, if you're going to play him at third every day, you want to make sure he's not killing you. That's the only thing that was a little strange for me. I, I don't. I like it. I mean, I think that if you can plop a guy that at any given moment could be in the middle of your lineup, you can get yeah. him for twelve million dollars a year. It makes sense. And he's like, he's versatile in the infield, and sometimes you can. They can send him home with a checklist. Say, Max, your lateral range to your right was killing you. Work on your lateral range to your right. If he comes in uh, next year with a better game plan defensively, those numbers might shoot up. But so I I, I like the move. I do. Okay. And, and and for him. Like guys, guys crave. Some guys crave. A lot of guys crave stability. He gets to be back where he is. Like he doesn't have to worry about a whole new organization, whole new city to get used to. It's good for both, uh, both oh, sides. I, I certainly understand it from his standpoint. And I'm not saying it's a bad deal for the Dodgers. Yeah. I just think at some point they're going to have to start getting a little younger and try and find maybe some free agents who are in their 20s. And I know that's more pricey. <laughs> And really, let's be honest here. The number one thing for them is that they've got to start revamping that pitching staff. But number one thing is that guy. Yeah. Well, that's. Don't even say his right name now. right now. Uh, Nelson Cruz officially called it quits on Thursday. More than 2,000 career hits, 464 homers. What will you think about Nelly first when you mention his name in discussions? So, okay. I think there's uh, two camps in, uh, of players, at least, with Nelly. Uh, the overwhelming majority of players will think of him as an excellent teammate, um, a guy who is was almost at the end there like a player coach, teaching guys routines and sticking to him. He was like the – I heard that so much in Minnesota. Like, he was such a stickler to his routine. And, uh, you know, he was uh, – big on naps and getting your rest and eating the right way and doing things like almost to the minute every single day. That's how organized he was with his scheduling. So I think a lot of guys got to play with him because he played for so long and they saw that aspect of him and he was great to the community and he always was great in the clubhouse with the guys. So I think overwhelmingly it'll be that. A guy that could absolutely bang the ball around the park but was also a great teammate and a guy like a mentor to a lot of different players. There's no doubt about that. 
there is still the little sub. I mean, there's still guys that are going to remember him for 2013, being part of the biogenesis, getting 50 games. Like I think about stuff like that still, because, you know, it's during my time and, you know, you want to play the game fairly. I think Nelson served a suspension. This is my personal take on it. Mm-hmm. I think Nelson served a suspension. I think he came back and made the game better. So in my mind, that's what I choose to remember. I choose to remember that he did great with his second chance, if you will, and mentored so many different guys that I think that's more important than the other thing. It was interesting. As I was putting the show together, I asked our oldest son, Josh, um, I said, what's the first thing that comes to mind with Nelson Cruz? He said, dude, didn't he have like three or four straight 40 homer seasons and including a bunch up in Seattle where guys weren't hitting 40 homers in a year up there. I was like, really? That's the first thing. He's like, oh, and he was kind of a late bloomer, wasn't he? I was like, yeah, he, he really didn't get an everyday starting job till he was 28 down there in Texas. I said, what about the steroids? He's like, what about this? It's almost like he forgot. And Josh is 23. So that's really, and Josh is a huge baseball fan. So it was very interesting where his vision is with Nelson Cruz and where maybe ours is a little bit because we are so close to the sport and that was such a big deal when it happened. Nelly is like a great dude. Look at what he he was, I believe twice named the Marvin Miller man of the year, which is a big deal for players. Okay. It's not the Roberto Clemente award, but amongst players, that is something that is held in very high regard, particularly from the players association. Right. And then he won the ESPY's Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award for what he was doing, I believe, in the Dominican, where he like revamped hospitals and things of that nature. I mean, he's got a bigger picture in mind. And as much as I don't like like it when guys are suspended, and it will always be a scarlet letter for me on a personal level, I still look at him as a hell of a human being. I think, listen, you can be both. It's not like mutually exclusive. I think guys can make bad decisions and be outstanding human beings. Agreed. Agreed. I think, like I said, if you really break the, the situation down and you, and you, you could be, if even if you were mad, really pissed off in 2013 mm-hmm. and, and anyone that was involved in that. And a lot of people were, um, to do what he did and to be the kind of mentor that he was after that just means more to me. Yep. 464 homers. I mean, that's, that's borderline Hall of Fame stuff. Is that what you're, are you trying to put that on him right now? No, I'm just saying that when the discussion, when his name comes on the ballot, he's not going to be like one of those one-time all-stars. You're like, what is he doing on the ballot? I mean, not that you're ever, listen, you make it on the ballot. I have a, if you make it in the major leagues, I have a ton of respect for you. But there are guys who end up on the ballot and you're like, that's interesting. So that's that. Um. So some managerial news, Craig Council apparently did have a face-to-face meeting. It was reported on Thursday with the New York Mets. Earlier in the week, he met with the Cleveland Guardians. There are five vacancies, Mets, Astros, Padres, Guardians, and Halos. Which one of those five is most interesting to you? All right. I I, I kept going back and forth here, and I was talking about this with you before the show. At first, I was going to say which is the, the best opportunity Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go a different route now. And I'll, I'll give you my answer for best opportunity right now. I think the Mets is the best opportunity hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Maybe we'll get into it later. Maybe we won't. I think the most interesting managerial job is the Houston Astros. Because you got 
you you think you have this core there, and you do. You have some guys that are going to be there a long time, but Altuve and Bregman, free agents after 2024. Justin Verlander's 41 now. I believe he's a free agent after 2024. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it is kind of like a win-now situation. It's What are they going to do after that? Are they going to build around your dawn? Are they going to go after a bunch of free agents? Are they going to promote from within and, and kind of try to have that core again that way? Um, I'm just very curious. We've seen them in the ALCS seven years in a row. Eventually, you're going to have to revamp a lot of things in your organization. Uh, and does the winning continue? As of right now, they're still, I mean, favorites for me to go to the ALCS next year. In the next following year, it's going to change. So it's that's a kind of a, a interesting situation. You can go there, have a chance to have a really good ball club with you right away, but your future is a little bit less certain than maybe some of these other managerial openings. So I'll say that to me is is the most interesting one. It is interesting in part because it's the first time in about a decade where they have the ability to go young if they want to. Uh, I don't know if they want to, right? I mean, A.J. Hinch kind of grew up as a manager with all those guys. I know he had the the opportunity in Arizona, but he was he even admitted, he's like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing out there. So when he got Houston, he had a chance to hit the reset button, and all those guys grew up together into what we have seen today. Then they had to go with somebody who could lead them through the choppy waters post-cheating scandal. So yeah. they had to bring in a guy like Dusty. We have talked about Dusty and his role over the last several years on how he was able to guide them to his first world championship and their second and, uh, you know, to be part of what whatever it was, seven straight ALCSs. So now they can go any direction they want. So it is fascinating for me, though. It is the Mets because I'm to me, it's the most interesting because if they don't get Craig Council, are Mets fans going to consider that a failure, right? Like you can't Luis Rojas this thing again. Right? Yeah. Can you? Carlos Beltran, Luis Rojas, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's you're you're right. I mean, I don't know if the fans would see it as a failure. I mean, I guess in my mind, is Craig Council the best available manager? He's one of them, for sure. But I think there's other guys. Who's better? That, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. Um, what if Dusty Baker goes to the Mets? Oh, stop. He's done. He wants to go get to know his hunting dog, as he told us. There's some guys. Look, okay. Uh Ron Washington he hasn't yeah, been a manager listen, in a while, but he's I know he has done it. I, and I love Wash. I I would rather see him go to a place like Houston than to New York. I just would. Is the media? I think part of it there. Although Wash is great, I love talking to him. I mean, he's one of my favorite guys to talk to in baseball because I really want. I I think they would be more patient in Houston than they would in New York. And I don't want it. I mean, when was the last time somebody lasted longer than two or three years with the Mets? Been a while. I, I mean, look, that's, I, I think that is the fruitful, it's the most fruitful job there is right now because you have an owner, you know, is willing to spend. Yes. Um, you have a, more of a core than I think people really give them credit for. They have some guys locked up there for a while. Like you have a good base of players there. Mm-hmm. So it is when there's the window is open. So it's the best one for me. Um, I think mainly because of the owner. I think he's going to be willing to go. And like, if you're a manager and you're like 
able to go even at the trade deadline and go take on salary without having to worry about the first luxury tax threshold. Like that's that's amazing. Like if oh, you have I to know. deal with that, that's tough. All right. Let's move on to what will be the story of all stories in the offseason. It's the first, but certainly not the last time we will mention Shohei Otani's name. We have seen some stars have to wait until spring training in recent years to sign with a new team or just be a free agent and even go back to their old team, right? Bryce Harper had to wait till March of 2019 to join the Phillies. Uh, Aaron Judge last year joined them, toward, re- stayed in New York, but got his new deal at the end of December. Um, Corey Seager got a deal at the beginning of December with his new team, the Texas Rangers, a few years ago. Do you think Shohei signs early or late, meaning after the new year would be late for me? I have no inside information. I keep up the, I have to say that before everything about Shohei because, and I think people know that we have the same agent or have right. the same agent. So I don't want to like put something out there and then them think that he told me anything because that's not the case. In my mind, I think it's before, Chris. And I'll give you a couple of reasons. One, I think it benefits both sides to get something done early. I think for clubs, when they're waiting around to see, okay, where's Shohei going to sign? We let the offer go. Like they are, they don't know what to do with like the rest of the guys out there. You know, he's the big domino to fall, then everything else goes behind him. I think teams want to be able to get, if he's going to come there and they want him there, like let's go get him now so we can see if we do get him, then there's a separate pool of guys that we go to. If we don't get him, there's the other pool of guys that we go to. And I think it's just better uh, for an organization uh, and honestly, the player to sign early. Now, it's not always going to work out that way because, you know, business is business. But I also think Shohei, and this is just my preference, and I think most guys would probably say the same thing. They want to get it done early so they can have an idea of, I don't know, where they're going to live, uh, what what their life is going to be like. He's going to sign a deal for 10 years. Like, he's going to want to know w- what he's doing. So I, to me, it's he's definitely put a lot of thought into this already like the the where do you want to go that's already happened with Shohei he's already thought about mm-hmm. hey if I go here I'm going to live in this area hey if I go here I'm going to live in this area that's all happened already um, but I think for both sides it's just better if it happens earlier in the offseason so you have those month you know to six weeks to prepare by the way I almost rephrased the question do you think it's better for baseball if he signs early or late I think it's better for baseball signs early. I think it's all it's all better. I agree because there, I think there would be a lot of logjam stuff if he doesn't sign early. Plus, here's the other thing: if I'm a team, you want to sign him as early as possible because you've never been able to market a player quite like this, and you want to cover every base you can. Market it in time for spring training, or even the off-season caravan, or whatever else you want to do. Because this is going to be something unlike we've ever seen before in terms of a guy changing teams. Uh, I do think that he'll get it done before the new year. And usually that means before December 20th. Because for those two weeks, the league is shut down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. So uh, I I do hope that he... I, listen, he's probably already got it narrowed down to five teams. Yeah, I think I I probably think less than that. And then if somebody came in, he might take more beatings than that. And if somebody blew him away with an offer, or you know, a pitch, but 
is it do you think that this is the sort of thing where does he want to go and tour the facilities does he want to check in on all that because i remember when lebron when lebron was a free agent for the first time all the people were flying to cleveland to come see him you know they're like here's pat riley in an suv we think that's pat riley leaving you know all that sort of stuff was going on but for a guy like Shohei, do you want to go visit someplace in early December when there's snow on the – is that a good yeah, idea? I don't think so. You know, if you're talking like are the facilities up to his standards, I don't think it matters. They'll make it to his standards if he signs there. So they, uh, I don't think he'll you can be... do in Boston, by the way, in that locker room. Yeah, I, I don't think that he'll fly around, and, and I think people will come to him, yes. Okay. It's going to be fun. It's gonna be great, man. I'm I'm excited. And and like I do wanna like try to get some inside info, but I feel like I probably should just totally stay away from it. No, get some inside info. All right, it's time <laughs> right now for our Seat Geek question of the week. And we want to thank everybody for sending in all the amazing questions out there. The person who's going to receive a one thousand dollar credit to use on their Seat Geek app is none other than Big Dog. Dress Clean CEO sent us in kind of mixed our worlds of baseball and blitzball. Said, using the Texas Rangers and Arizona Diamondbacks roster, pick your starting three players for the first ever John Boy Media Pro Blitzball Tournament. Chris versus Trevor, who takes it? So the way we read this is that we each take a team of three players and we're going to play against each other. So, Kloof, why don't we alternate? Who's your first one? I we might have first. the same guy. We might have the same guy, by the way. No, you can't. If I draft someone, you can't draft him. Oh, God. Okay. Go ahead. You got it. You let me go first. That's tough for you. I'm going Corey Seager. First okay, overall see. pick, I'll tell you why I'm going Corey Seager. Uh, he was fifth in the league with uh, barrels per plate appearance percentage. God. The guy puts the barrel to the ball. And in Blitzball, that's all that matters, people, is putting the barrel to the ball. So I'm going Corey Seager because I know he ain't got to strike out. Yeah, but here's part of the problem with Corey Seager. Tell me. He hits moonshots. Where do moonshots end up in our Blitzball warehouse? Uh, on the shelf up there. No, not on the shelf. In the roof, brother. And Zoe's going to end up catching one. He's nope. going to be like, I, my God, I caught a ball off of Corey Theager. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> That's pretty good right there. <laughs> All right. My first choice is Geraldo Perdomo. Hear me out. Guy slaps the ball all over the yard, which means he's at least hitting it off the back wall, probably getting some into our broadcast booth. And Peter Moreland's going to be like, fuck yes. You know, he's going to be really excited. And I want a guy who can pick it off the ground. That ball, you got to get a few outs on the, um, you know, on the cement. And you can't bobble it either. You can't give guys extra at-bats. So I want a guy that can pick it. I don't mean to be rude to you, but Corey Seager's average launch angle is only 13%. Okay. Sure as hell looked up high to me in the World Series. Those are right around that 35% over 100 MPHs. Uh, okay. My second pick is just I need my guy on my team, mm. and he's a seasoned vet, and I'm going for only hot boys on this team. I'm going with Evan Longoria, mm. the vet. Okay. 
He's going to snag some balls there. He's got gold. Um, He knows how to put the barrel on the ball also. And one of my favorite setups uh, for a hitter in all of baseball, especially when he was younger, just a Mm. open stance, bat on the shoulder. Love it. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, My second pick, because I think I want to have a good time on top of everything else. Nathaniel Lowe is, he just looks hilarious to me. Uh, he looks like something out of Super Troopers with his mustache. Oh my gosh. Uh, he's fun. He's a good dude. We had him on the Rose rotation. I believe in him. I know that the first half of the year was better than the second half, I do believe. He has won a Silver Slugger before. Uh, you don't need speed in this game, so I'm okay with the way. Well, it's true. It's so, a good one. Yeah, I just want a guy that can he'll barrel it up. He'll be fun. And it'll be fun. It'll be hilarious. Who wouldn't want to drink with the John Boy people? It's going to be Nathaniel Lowe. I feel good about it. His average launch angle this year was 7.2, so it's a good pick by you. Thank you. Okay, that's a good point. You want to hit the ball kind of low mm-hmm. and backspin it. Uh, I need someone that can pitch, man. Yeah, it's a very important on my team, and I want a guy that like throws a lot of different pitches and has yeah. pinpoint accuracy, and I think his little extension and visive fastball will work. I'm going with my guy, Zach Gallen. He's going to carve everybody up. Yeah. He's got the glasses. It just works. We're all hot boys. We're all going to be dressing to the nines, except for Corey Seager. I'm going to have to help him out with his style. Ah. Let's go, baby. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, I will use somebody from his staff as well. Uh, Ginkle impressed me. And I don't think the only problem is I wonder if he can dial it back because he's so amped up. You know, I want to see him against Dan Rourke. I want to see that intensity of an at-bat. I actually forgot about my guy, Ginks, but I think you make a good point about him. I don't know if he'd be able to control that ball. Yeah. It's just too much spin. You know, he's just all power. I need a guy with a little more finesse, if you will, Chris. Yeah, yeah, pretty solid. So there you go. Uh, we well, appreciated what? Dan's oh, yeah. supposed to pick. Well, why don't we just throw it out to the people and see who who did a better job? Okay, so I have... Corey Seager, Evan Longoria, Zach Gallon. I've got Perdomo, Nate Lowe, and my man Ginks. Your team is more fun than mine. Isn't that what it's about at Blitzball? Yeah. I think mine have more bigger pocketbooks, though. So I'm going to go into New York City with my guys, and they're going to pick oh, up that's the tab. A good so. call. We'll all go out together, though. It'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. As long as me and you don't got to pay. Uh, Big Dog, way to hook it up. That was a good, fun question. Thank you, as always, to everybody who participated in our SeatGeek question of the week. All right, so in the offseason, we're going to go twice a week. Might be a little bit more around the winter meetings and some other times if there's big free agent signings and things of that nature and we're not supposed to do something, we still might end up doing something. So uh, just keep your eyes posted for which days we go. Next week, because of Blitzball and taping, we're not exactly sure when we're going to have our first episode. My guess is going to be by the middle of the week on Wednesday, though. Uh, For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. Have a great weekend. We will see you next time here on Baseball Today.